0: Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence on your money with Money FM 89.3. Influence with me, Michelle Martin. Good morning. As trade and travel restrictions lift, how are regional economies in Asia working towards a post-COVID revival? Will we see accelerated regional cooperation? Will there be conversations on the free trade area of Asia-Pacific? And how soon will seamless travel in the area be a reality? Today, we meet the Executive Director of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, or APEC, Secretariat, the advisory body for the 21-member economies that make up the APEC Forum. She's in her second term of office. Dr. Rebecca Santamaria spent three decades as a top civil servant in Malaysia, and she's overseen Malaysia's positions in major agreements like the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Welcome to the show, Dr. Santa Maria. Thank you very much, Michelle, for having me. Great to speak with you. Help us understand the areas that are top of the agenda for APEC that could pave the way for seamless business travel and greater investment in the region.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks. thanks. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of conversation going on on opening our borders. The COVID affected affected us in key ways, right? three ways. Tourism, for sure, supply chain, and trade. In a because of the impact of uh, on supply chains, trade in general. Mm-hmm. But it also showed us opportunities. Opportunities for greater digitalization, for thinking differently about how we work about what do we need to do more of when we come into the services area. Let me go back to the question about what are we doing to keep borders open. That's a priority for us. It has been a priority, and especially when we have discussions with the APEC Business Advisory Council. Mm -hmm. That's a key partner for us, right? So, yes, borders are starting to open. Travel is getting much easier, but there's still a lot more to be done. You know, so that's what will be focused on this this month when uh, the senior officials meet with the business community in Bangkok.
0: Yes. Can you help us understand what still needs to be done to deepen regional integration or to reconnect the region?
1: You know, we've done so much. In, in fact, uh, economies are doing things individually mm-hmm. to facilitate travel. But what... We're seeing is because we're doing it individually, there are gaps. So you get these differences when you travel, it's not as smooth as you would like. One big area really is about vaccines. So one key area of work, and this is not just because of COVID, but, you know, when you think long term and to anticipate what may happen in the past and to prepare ourselves as well. So what we're working on right now are non binding principles for the interoperability of vaccine certification. The the thing is if we found fraudulent certificates, we found that the systems may not be interoperable. You know, we have folks using QR codes of different formats. So these are things that we're working on to ensure that travel will become
0: seamless and also there's trust in the system yes how far are we in terms of work being done so that vaccine certification can be streamlined so to speak and recognized across asia pacific
1: you know like i said uh, you know we are working on this this is very much priority for thailand and and uh, because thailand is host of the of uh, APEC this year mm-hmm. and you know how tourism has affected all of us and, and thailand in a special way so getting us back bringing us back together is, is top of uh, the work that we need to do this year so better coordination dissemination of discussion on proper digital tools you know this are these are this is work that being that's being done right now and uh, we will have technical consultations mm. information sharing this these are things that you know we, we tend to take for granted but these are important because of the increased digitalization in in so many areas those technical consultations must continue so that we get to a stage where technical specifications, whether it's the certificates, whether it's the QR code, the SOPs, these are all, you know, at least harmonized, you know, so there is you don't have to be so stressed out when you're traveling trying to figure out what's going to work where, you know.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. a lot of work to be done, I understand. So help us understand the key priorities when it comes to investment in the region. Is it the green economy? Is it helping regions recover from the pandemic? What would you say are key priorities to bring investment back to perhaps pre-COVID levels for the region?
1: One of the key areas that that Thailand has put, and this is in continuation, when when we hit 2020, we all agreed, the 21 economies agreed on our new vision which is you know, going, yes regional economic integration from trade and investment perspective, yes but we also need to factor in other aspects of regional economic integration. So innovation and digitalization is another key driver for us and the third driver is for me gaining significance and importance. This is on sustainable and inclusive economic growth. You know, it's all the focus in the past has been pretty much on trade, on investment, keeping our markets open. Mm-hmm. But now you have to have that additional dimension, and this is an important additional dimension of ensuring concerns of the environment are addressed, sustainable development, inclusive growth. Whether it's it's inclusion of women, whether it's inclusion of folks in the rural areas, you know, things like that. These are this is this is um, these are the areas that we will be diving deeper in. And Thailand as host is also having another dimension to this in, in the bio-circular economy, green in economy. And when you think of all the work that we've done and the commitments we've made in COP, you need to put your money where your mouth is. You know, mm-hmm. you're saying zero, net zero, whatever it is, all our commitments at COP by 2030 or 2050. How do you get there? And that's, that's what we're doing. We're looking at how do we get there. I mean, it's, mm. it's no use having all these fancy statements mm. if you
0: don't have a way of helping economies get
1: to those net zero commitments.
0: I wonder, Dr. Santa Maria, if there are areas from before the pandemic that could benefit from refreshed conversations now that you're looking at. You
1: know, one of the Key priorities of APEC, as I've said, is uh, trade and investment, of op- keeping markets open. So in our conversations with the business community, this started in 2004 where they talked of the free trade area for the Asia-Pacific. And in t- 2004, it was quite a novel idea. Mm. But, you know, the thing is getting 21 economies moving along. And so you've seen how it's panned out in in uh, what we would call building blocks so you've got the tpp which now is the, the comprehensive and progressive trans-pacific partnership then you've got the regional comprehensive economic partnership with aSEAN and its partners its six partners well now that india is out it's with five partners so these this was seen as building blocks the pacific alliance of mexico peru chile and Colombia was another another of the building blocks. So you've seen all these now are in place. So the next step is to make sure that we move, as we have had as our ambition, the free trade area for the Asia-Pacific. So what we will see happen this, this month, later this month, mm-hmm. when the ministers meet in Bangkok, they will have an intense conversation with the business community. The business community will outline their priorities. They've already, they, uh, they just had their, their prep meeting in Vancouver and they will be bringing these these recommendations and a wish list as it were to the ministers when they meet uh, for this refresh, as we call it, the refresh dialogue on how do we deepen economic integration in the region. And this conversation is, is important given the circumstances that, as I said, mm. all the building blocks are in place. So you cannot... Have that conversation without having a con- without including the digital economy, without including environment, without including labor and environment con- concerns. So it will be a very comprehensive uh, discussion that the business community will have with the ministers. And then policymakers will need to take forward those recommendations. We have to move on. Uh, we have been talking about this for many years, Mm -hmm. it's now really getting to the nuts and bolts and implementing what we have, you know, said we
0: would want to do. We look forward to progress in the free trade area of Asia Pacific. She's executive director of APEC, the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Advisory uh, Body for the 21 member economies that make up APEC. Doctor Rebecca Santa Maria, my guest today in influence, let's switch gears and get to know you as a leader, Doctor Santa Maria. You retired from thirty-five years in the Malaysian government from the position of Secretary General of the Ministry of International Trade and Industry. You were the first woman appointed to that position in Malaysia. So I want to ask you, you: know the theme this year for International Women's Day is "Break the Bias." Now, what does that yeah. phrase mean to you? You know, for for
1: me, um, yes, you you are. You, I, I always shy away from folks saying you are the first this and the first woman this, the first woman that. Mm. You know, when when folks say that, what it means for me is that we have not arrived; that we've got a long way to go. You know, maybe I. I want us to get to the place where having a woman in a senior position or in a high position is is something that we can take for granted, you know, and, and not a novelty. You know, the last thing we should, you know, look at is having us continue to be novelty. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she's the first woman. This. Oh, she's the first woman that. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be all judged on our competence, on our abilities, and not uh, because we are we are women. You know. Mm-hmm. But having, having said all that, I also feel an added responsibility. You know, if you don't, on your shoulders lie the future of all these other women. Exactly. Right? Yes. If, if you fail, you, you fail a whole generation of women. You know, you've you really set us all back. So that's why it's so important for us to keep, to ensure that we Deliver that we, are, we, we meet all our goals and that we're professional, you know. And and, more, and equally important is that we nurture the younger generation, ensure that
0: you have a pipeline so that things don't end with you. you That's know? how female leaders can help bridge gender inequality yeah. themselves in their roles. What change needs to happen in terms of, you know, what needs to change for companies to see more women in leadership positions, do you think?
1: It's... It, it's about recognition. Uh, we, we, have, we have in APAC we have a dashboard where we track uh, how women are doing in the economy. And one area where we find um, there's a lot more that we need to do is in the area of leadership, representation and voice. Mm. So, you know, and this is important because what does that say? If, if, if you're not in the position of leadership, um, you, you do not have that opportunity to have your voices heard, unfortunately. You know, and those of us in positions of power must must be the voice of the voiceless, and I maintain that. And in APEC, there's a lot of work that's being done there. The the, the senior officials meet um, uh, to discuss this with with partners. When we say with partners, it means with the private sector, with civil society, women's groups. Right. We we have this body called the Policy Partnership for Women and the Economy, mm-hmm. and that's that's where we we compare best practices we see how we can do more and on the part of the secretariat we have this dash- dashboard and we present the dashboard to say look we have 90 plus indicators covering various areas here well here's where we're doing well here's where our regulations need to improve and and that's how we then bring it into consciousness the private sector will inevitably take the cue from policymakers you know mm-hmm. so you can have targets and all that but at the end of the day um, you know, you need to have regulators ensure that these are not just tokens, but really meaningful positions that are provided for, for women, the best that those who deserve
0: it get promoted, you know, get into those positions. Absolutely. Let's get a sense of that dashboard then. You know, we often hear calls for more women in STEM, that women seem to be less represented in science and technology, engineering and mathematics. Now, as countries move towards a digital economy, what do you think this means then for women's access to opportunities in the digital economy? I mean, what does a fast-growing digital economy really mean for women's access to future jobs and economic development?
1: One of the key indicators that, that we track uh, in, in the, the dashboard is STEM, women's participation in STEM, and increase, and, in, and surprisingly, I, mean, I don't maybe maybe surprising is a long word, mm-hmm. but what we have found is that in many of our economies, the girls are performing better in STEM. You know, so that, what does that tell us? In fact, if, if I use Malaysia as an example, mm-hmm. we have a lot more women graduates than men graduates, right? But yet, when you look at the entry into the workforce, it, it, it's not reflective, Right. So clearly, clearly, there's something, something amiss here, and we need to really focus on this and see where the opportunities are not given. What is it that's preventing us from you know, encouraging these women who've gone through STEM, who've done very well, and are still not given the opportunities in the workplace.
0: That's really interesting. Would you say say then that women are not underrepresented in STEM in APEC compared to the global picture?
1: Yep. Uh, At least our data show that that, uh, as far as STEM is concerned, our girls are doing much better. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So the point is, the, the thing is to carry this through.
0: Yes, you and know, to make sure that culture doesn't yeah. hold women yeah. back, as you say, yeah. uh, in Malaysia. Yeah. Why are they not then joining the workforce? Hmm. So work still needs to be done there. Okay, we often talk about STEM, but we know that literature is important as well. You retired from <laughs> 35 years in the Malaysian <laughs> government. Um People may not know that you studied English literature at the University of Malay. And I wonder, do you credit literature with any part of your success in government or maybe <laughs> your work as negotiator? You know the, the the value the
1: value that comes from, from having done literature is the appreciation of language of the nuances in language and it is a, it is a skill. It also you know um, encourages this reading and learning. You know, all my friends who who've been in this uh, you know sometimes folks diminish. The, the school the, the literature school but I, I really think it helps us opens our mind to critical thinking um, to appreciating language and, and for a negotiator that's so important understanding nuances when uh, one word can have you know different interpretations depending on how you use it and so those those are qualities that that we must we must um, appreciate and never, never, never diminish a person who chooses uh, to go down that route.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Well, we're Money FM, so I have to ask the money question, Dr. Santa Maria. (laughs) You're 64, correct me if I'm wrong? 64? Yes. Okay. So what in your opinion, when you reflect, what in your opinion is a rich life?
1: It's a, a, a life where family matters more, where principles matter. You know, I always say uh, I used to say this to the folks at the Ministry of International Trade at the end of the day it's about integrity 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 and managing um, priorities uh, family you know I, I always say this um, even no matter how busy I am and the phone call comes I will uh, in, in a meeting I will uh, stop and, and take the call if it's from my daughter or my husband you know whatever it is those those are priorities and those keep you grounded and you know that's, that's um, a formula for happiness. You need to also understand that you don't do things by yourself. you cannot achieve anything by yourself. You need the support of family of of, uh, of sponsors of your seniors. There is a whole network that that uh, provide you that that stability and strength it's not you alone so integrity support. Um, no, and being grounded with the right priorities, I think this is what helps us be more fulfilled and take time to reflect on your day, on what you want to achieve, what you did right, what you did, you could do better. Mm. No, those, those are things that, that I value and
0: I spend time on. Wonderful getting to know you. Thank you for taking this call. Thank you for having me. She's Dr. Rebecca Santa Maria speaking to us about what's top of the agenda for APEC. She's executive director of the APEC Secretariat Singapore. Here with me on Influence, I'm Michelle Martin. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O, available on Google Play or the App Store.